Hey guys, do you love candles as much as I love candles? If you do, you got to check out Circle E Candles. I'm telling you, their candles are absolutely my favorites. I have been buying candles from Circle E Candles for over 10 years, and my house always smells amazing. They're triple scented. They're also always running specials, so there's always a good discount on something, or if you buy a certain amount, you can get free shipping. I'm going to add their link in my show notes so you can go check them out yourself. And guys, seriously, this place is legit. They ship all over the United States. So check them out. They're fantastic. And I wouldn't steer you wrong. You know that. So, hey, if I love them, I know you're going to love them. Circle E Candles. You really have to get yourself some. And also, let them know you heard about them from me. Hey, listeners. I've got a new website, podpage.com forward slash because I want to know. There, you can listen to all my episodes, whether you listen on Apple or Spotify, it'll take you straight to your app. And you can also leave me a voicemail. If you would like me to cover a certain subject, just leave a little message for me and I'll get it. And finally, there is a donation button if you'd like to help me out via PayPal. Um, Any little bit helps and it'll keep the podcast going and all my subscriptions up to date. Thanks so much. And you guys are killing it on the reviews and ratings. And I just can't thank you enough. And uh, happy listening. Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Paul Jasek. He is a master at everything. I think he's worked in a hundred different entertainment facilities. He's an actor, dancer, playwright, singer. He's a former flight attendant. He's also a psychic medium. He's a master tarot card reader, and he's a spiritual counselor. He's worked at the Queen Mary. He was a tour guide. He's worked at the Stanley Hotel. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you so much. My goodness, I'm tired just listening to that. Well, you know, there was a lot, and I wanted to include everything because I found you through Karen Rontowski, one of your good friends, and she's now become a pretty good friend of mine. And I want to give her credit because she's had you on her podcast a couple times and you've uh, you were on her prediction show. So we might go there a little bit, you and I ourselves on that. But tell me everything. Tell me what got you into this tarot card reading stuff. And then also what got you into the entertainment? And then we'll go from there. Well, my story is like many people that, you know, I was a shy kid. I am the youngest of three. I have two older half brothers that are 14 and 11 years older than I am. Okay. And when I was growing up in Lafayette, Colorado, small town in Colorado, we lived in a big Edwardian house. Mm. It was a nine-room house. It was built in 1909. It was the first house in town. It was a little coal mining town. It was the first house in town to have electricity. Oh, wow. Okay. It was a little grand. You know, I remember the front door had a big oval inset window. And then as you stepped in, the little foyer had big, arched, golden oak pillars oh, wow. a staircase yeah. to the right that led up to a big spider web window. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I remember sitting in a, a shaft of sunlight and looking at the dust motes coming through the leaded glass window and the rainbows I could see. Mm. And then I was aware that there was someone standing on the stairs. Ooh. And I wasn't afraid. I just went, huh. <laughs> wow. And so later on, I asked my mother, because after my mother would check me in, my mother would read me a story. 
And um, another lady would come in and check on me. She'd lean over, and I realized she was seeing if I was asleep, and then she'd leave, and I was never afraid. And I asked my mother one time, and she said, well, it's probably a dream. Uh, You know, there's nothing. There's nothing to be afraid of. And I hadn't thought to be afraid of it. I just didn't. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Come to find out, the family that owned the house had a daughter that died in the Spanish flu influenza. Oh. She's checking on me. Oh. I'm sure she checked on her daughter. That's lovely. That's why you weren't scared. Into the middle of the country, then my dad found a a nice mid-century modern ranch in the middle of three acres, seven miles from town. So I just, I thought everybody talked to I thought everybody played crawfish. When I would say things like, you know, that cat doesn't like when you do that. So like, oh, is she talking to you? Yeah. (laughs) Wow, you can even talk to the animals. See, that's pretty cool. I've had a pet psychic on as well, and a pet intuitive. That's hilarious. (laughs) But I think everybody can. Yeah, really, really. I think until somebody tells you to stop it, and quite frankly, everybody was so busy around me, I was, you know, that world was as much mine as anybody else's. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, so right. My, my father's mother was a big Kansas farm woman, and I don't know that she ever finished the fifth grade, but she was one of the wisest people I'd ever met. She taught me how to douse. Oh, wow. How to find water with two sticks. She would hand me an object, and she would say, tell me a story, Sonny. Oh and she gosh. was teaching me psychometry. Huh. Okay. All right. To pick yeah. up impressions from it. She would wear copper bracelets to help with what she called her rheumatism. Copper bracelets supposedly help with arthritis. And she kept a potato in her bra <laughs> to pull to pull poison out. And I I wonder why all these weird rocks were on the windowsill, but they were old dried up potatoes that she had in her bra. So I <laughs> but you know, the farmer's almanac was her how she got through. I mean, she planted her garden according to the moon phases. Wow, so she, she was new age. Before, you know, how, yeah. how if you want to get rid of something, burn it under a full moon, and the moon will take it with her. So that wow. was just sort of the stuff that I did. So by the time I took high school, and there was this wonderful girl, my friend Vicky, and we're still friends to this day, she had a deck of tarot cards. Oh. And in study hall, when we should have been doing something else, <laughs> we started... <laughs> started playing with tarot, and I just loved the images on them. I just thought that was terrific. Now, I was still kind of a shy, um, I got beat up a lot because, uh, as the class busy, because I I do this joke in my act, you know, especially for boys, we get to a certain age for men that we don't really get much older. And remember, the only thing men are interested in is balls. (laughs) Theirs, yours, footballs, golf. I mean, all of our games... And I was like, what, about if you'd like the ball, just ask me. You don't have to knock me down. Right. I'll just hand it to you. Which, you know, I just, yeah, I don't want to get dirty. Or they throw it at you. I mean, it was a lot about balls. I was really confused. <laughs> so, oh, my uh, God. Carol was, a, and that's how the drama teacher in high school saw me sitting alone at lunch. And he said, would you like to come to drama class? Oh, there you and go. I thought, I don't know. Now, I love watching television. And I had great success at five years old as the dancing bunny in St. Stephen's Episcopal Christmas show. So oh, yes. I thought, oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. I did well as the dancing bunny. Let's go. And, <laughs> and off, off we went. Uh, I went from there. I came to California at 18. I uh, was trained at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Nice. And uh, that began that career. And because when should, you know, there's a terrible old joke of, oh, you're an actor. What restaurant? Yeah, I, I um, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I just, I've always loved, 
one of the most sacred spaces in the world to me is rehearsal in the theater. Really? To watch people work through emotion. And what I liked about working in the theater is for two hours, I knew exactly what was going to happen. There was a script and it was followed. And you could time travel as an actor. Mm, so mm-hmm. all of the spiritual things that I found interesting anyway were already contained in show business and you could make a living at it. And if you did really well. But there's a huge difference between the sacredness of performance and show business. I'm sure. So, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You've been there long enough to know the difference. Absolutely. Yes. So along the way, I've, I've found the most interesting job. And I used to think, well, let's see what this is. And so I had, gosh, uh, literally 100 jobs or more. And some of them were, were really, like when I became a Queen Mary tour guide. Oh, yeah, um, we got to talk about that, one yeah. One of the world's oldest uh, ocean liners. She's retired here in Long Beach, California. Um, I came aboard in August of 1980. Okay. And I hadn't been there maybe a week or two. And I began going, I know I'm standing here waiting for these people to come up the stairs, but why are there a bunch of people behind me? Oh, whoa. And there's nobody there. But I could sense them. So I said it to somebody, and I said, oh, yeah, a lot of really strange stuff goes on up here. If you go all the way up in the bow, you can hear people screaming. going, <laughs> oh, no, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I'm, I'm really good. I'm really good. Yeah. Um, okay. We were not allowed, and we, we weren't allowed to talk back then mm-hmm. uh, because the management of the Queen Mary at the time also owned the Disneyland Hotel in Anaheim, and they didn't want any kind of weird notes to be, you know, Mickey, uh, right. yeah, yeah, would not yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. uh, later on, they turned it into a marketing tool and made millions. Oh, so exactly. What, what and, and that's the thing, though, Paul. I mean, because I think you've done so many different kinds of jobs. Well, first of all, it's really well-rounded you, but the fact that you, you've you gone into acting, um, and I do feel like I'm talking to a celebrity here because you know some people. You were on the set of Every Which Way But Loose with Clint Eastwood, I think you said. Clint Eastwood, yes. Yes. You also, you know, you're a playwright. You also sing. Um, you actually take voice lessons even to this day. But then you go and, and you're a tour guide at the Queen Mary and you also do psychic readings and you're also a stand-up comedian, obviously, because I'm laughing the entire time you're talking because you're so funny. And you're a spiritual counselor. You have done so many cool things. That's why I wanted you on my podcast. I heard you first on Karen's podcast, Paranormal Karen, and I couldn't get over how fun you were. And uh, like I said, that's what got me thinking, I got to have Paul on my show. So because you were on her prediction show, I got to ask you, um, you know, the world is still really up in the air with this virus thing. And I'm going to ask you on this. I think we're getting a hold of it. But I did hear another strand, and I'm not trying to scare everybody, but I heard this Brazilian strand that's resistant to the vaccine now or showing signs of it. And now my Texas governor has lifted the mask mandate, which, okay. Um, And it's to me, it's not that much better. So I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, because I don't know if we're ready for all this right now. I think we all still need to be very careful. Well, but I think the world, as we know it, has always been a mess. Yeah, I mean, if it's not the Peloponnesian War, we have the fall of Rome. Right. You know, it's just there's always yeah. something. Right. So the gift of last year in the lockdown, and it caused the entire planet to hit the reset button. Yeah, that's true. Everybody had to stop for a second, which was necessary. Mm. Now, in my business, people, and I, I use this joke a lot, but it's true, they come to me for romance, finance, and hot pants. <laughs> Where's my money? Are they coming back? Is this the one? 
Right, right. But the higher question is, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Because people go, well, you know, this, this virus, the virus. Oh, honey, I was around for the other viruses. I'm, you know, yeah. 62 years old, so I remember the polio issue. Right. Vaguely. I was certainly here for the AIDS crisis as it killed most of my friends. Right. And now this pandemic. And so here's the issue. Are you living until you die? Because the fear is sometimes worse than the fact. Right. And right. I am endlessly fascinated about how people choose to heal. Why is it that some people, like, you know, she's 116 years old, living in a nursing home, she has COVID, and she recovers. Right. And yet we have some, you know, young buck who's, you know, a quarterback for a team, and he drops dead of COVID. Right. Well, it's very individual, because if, in fact, your story, because people are so, am I going to die? I have a guaranteed, because <laughs> this is, <laughs> University Earth is a lot like a bus station. Some people are leaving at 9.16 and some at 11.40, but we're all going. Yeah, I agree. I do agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'm just trying to keep my kids from giving it to me because they're in their 20s and they want to go out every night. So, you know, and I really don't want it. So <laughs> that's my whole thing. You know. Therefore, that's when it comes into boundaries. Right. You know, I was always amazed why during the AIDS crisis, you know, some sweet little thing that had sex once, develops AIDS, horrible lesions, and drops dead. And yet we have people stumbling the streets who smoking, drinking, and jumping everything in a bush and test negative. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Right. It no, you're right. Sense. Yeah. If within your personal experience that your biography is your biology. Ooh, that's, that's powerful. Wow. Okay. All right. So therefore, that's why I find... Uh, and it's something I'm considering, uh, and I've talked it over with Karen. I want to become an accredited hypnotherapist because of the enormous value of past life regression. Mm-hmm. And I actually talked about it with a gentleman who's a psychiatrist. And he uses hypnosis, first of all, for people for pain management. And second of all, he will do past life regression. And I said, I bet that's interesting. You're, well, I don't believe in it. <laughs> I said, you yeah. don't believe in it? Yeah. He said, no. I, he goes, I, I don't really. He said, but I can move them to results quicker by using this tool than anything else I've found. So he said, I'm so much more interested in the results than getting there. Well, that's one way to look at it. But I do think that we all have past lives. I think we learn here. And yeah, so I, my husband doesn't either. He thinks all this woo-woo stuff is just a bunch of malarkey. And that's okay because he supports me and it's fine. I'm not here to try to change him either because he keeps me grounded in so many other ways. So um, I have nothing but respect for how he feels about that. So, you know, what do you do? But <laughs> but do you... I'm not here to argue it. Oh, right, right. But what do you think? Do you think the rest of the year, do you think it's going to be a better year for us in the way of, you know, maybe handling this so that, you know, we can, we're never going to go back to normal. I, I'm not going to ask you that. But so we can have a better uh, situation when we do get together and we're, it's not this big outbreak again. Do you think that's going to get better? Well, here's what I think is interesting. In the collective, the collective unconscious, let's mm-hmm. say, we do sort of respond to that. So it is where people's comfort level is. I have great faith in how people's own intuition system runs. If you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, go right ahead. Right, right. If you're more comfortable taking vaccines, go right ahead. Yeah. So that I'm more interested in everyone pointing toward health. So no, we are. We don't want to go back to normal. No. I had no. a client the other day go, when are we going to go back to normal? I said, normal wasn't all it's cracked up to be. Are you comfortable making half of what a man makes? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. 
And she goes, no, I'm being serious. I said, so am I. Yeah, yeah. The reset was for us to all take a breath, and now there's a lot of commentary about the law of attraction. Mm. Well, if, in fact, that is true about what you put out, you get back. That law is impersonal. You can use it to fry your, like electricity, you can use it to fry your bacon or fry your butt. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's because true. the universe always says yes to you, even to your own self-destruction. No, and you and I talked before I started recording with you, and, and we had this conversation, and you're right. I mean, it, it really does. Give me an example, though. Well, you know, it's interesting. People uh, do come to me about money issues, money, 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 money yeah. which <laughs> I understand it. But isn't it interesting that we use the same words about our energy as we do money? Mm-hmm. I can't afford to pay attention. Right. Yeah. 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 So since the universe follows your lead, you know, I can't be poor enough to make poor people more comfortable. No, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Sick enough to make other sick people better. Mm. So sometimes, if in fact, in your own story, you go, oh, this is marvelous. If, in fact, you're acknowledging that there is a power greater, and I love when people go, well, you know, I'm an an atheist. Okay. Um, So do do you believe in science? Well, maybe. I said, are you handling the tide today? Because I have some requests. (laughs) And if you're handling the sunrise, I'd like to edge that back a little because I have some stuff. I need a little more daylight tomorrow. And are you beating your heart? I, you know, Because all of that's going on without your acknowledgement. So I love the idea of the self-interest stuff. Nope, I've got it handled. How's that happening? <laughs> we are so fascinated as as a species of the darkness. We are. Do you know, we're, yeah. we're, we stare endlessly into the darkness. Well, what about light, love, joy, happiness? Mm. I love when people come at me about, you know, being a patriot. Oh, you're speaking to a white gay male. Let me tell you about patriotism. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's, I am yeah. an avid patriot. I love the United States of America and for the republic for which it stands. So right there in the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, mm-hmm. I have all the rights of everybody who's an American. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You squashing it. For, and by the way, stop using the word Christian because I chatted with Jesus and he doesn't know your name. <laughs> He's a little disappointed. Yeah, because let's look at some facts. Loved his mother, had dinner parties, wore sandals, had 12 best guy friends, one harlot to herself, not interested. I don't know about you. So have you accepted Jesus as your personal savior? As a matter of fact, I have. (laughs) Well, hey, well, speaking of the darkness, though, I got to ask you, what do you think about ghosts and elementals and demons and shadow people and aliens? I mean, that's a lot. But like, go ahead. It isn't a lot. It's. People like to come to me and say, oh, you know, I'm an old soul. And I always kind of nod, knowing all souls are the same age. Really? But not everybody comes to Earth. Mm. This is hard here. Yeah. This yeah. is, I always refer to it as University Earth because mm. this is, you know, it, it's heartbreaking here. No, it is. If you've it ever is. lost somebody with grief or, or to watch people's fortunes turn or some of the, the stories people live through you just go oh my gosh so i believe it's celestial cocktail parties people go you're going back to earth oh i couldn't i did it once I, it's just too much i just i'd rather you know spend some time on xenon um so i think the creator created a whole bunch more than just us it's so you know egocentric to think we're the only ones oh in the absolutely i, mean, I agree doesn't hold water anymore right right and i did talk to somebody a near-death experiencer and she was like you know she said when you're in your state 
not in body state, but when you're in spirit, you have a whole different outlook on how you want to accomplish whatever goal or, or overcome whatever obstacle, right? So you're up there going, hmm, I wonder what it would be like to have um, parents that aren't really in my life much, or I wonder what it would be like to, to lose a child or have cancer. You know, the, in that state, it's a perfect state of being in, in the way of, I think that's a good thing. I think I'll come down and experience that. But then, but then she said, they say, oh no, I would never ask for my husband to cheat on me. I would never ask for my child to die. I would never ask for, you know, whatever it is. And I think you would if you had that whole thought pattern that you don't have here because it is hard here, but we don't think about it like we do when we're in that perfect spirit realm. Is, am I right on that? That's correct. Because here's what I find fascinating, something I actually am seeing some evidence of. You get both sides of the story. In a past life, if you've murdered someone, this may be the lifetime you get murdered. Oh, the, yeah. Okay, yeah. The balance part, so yeah. You get both sides of every story. So if, in fact, you're just putting out love beams and being the very best you, you know, people always go, well, I'm only human. Well, that should be the best of who we are. Absolutely. That's the thing. And my thing is, I want to learn. I have a very voracious appetite for learning and wanting to get to know what makes people tick. And that's the whole reason I named my podcast, because I want to know. It's the truth. I really do want to know. That's why I ask people like you questions about ghosts and why they're here. I don't understand. And I ask every single psychic I have on. So I think some people get stuck. But if, if everybody does die and they go wherever, do they decide not to go and they just stay in the house or they stay in the castle or they stay in that train station yeah. they died in? Here's the difference. Ghosts generally, rule of thumb, don't know they're dead. And wh- but why is that, though, Paul? Do they just decide they, you know, I mean... Sometimes it can, can come as a bit of a shock. My young cousin, 52 years old, was having breakfast with his mother. This is about a month ago now. I said, Mom, I don't feel good. I think I'm going to lay down. Took about four steps and was dead before he hit the floor. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry to hear that. My goodness. And, you know, there comes a point where your container can't hold your spirit any longer. Mm. And I get the feeling that Justin, it was a little quick for him. And I think he hung out for a while going, I don't, I'm not quite sure what to do because I can't get back into the body. Okay. Now, he did go ahead and finally cross over because his beloved grandmother, my aunt, uh, made sure that he went home. Um, okay. And everyone eventually goes home. So let's say I was a flight attendant. Uh, suddenly, you know, people go, well, where should I sit? Well, planes don't back into mountains, just saying. Um, <laughs> I always sit in the tail section. But um, you, let's say we pile into a mountain. It may have been such an abrupt ending that you don't know where to go. And so yeah. it's so confusing. They try to relive the last few minutes. Well, now, wait, I was talking to her. And then that, oh, wait, there's that rush of air. Okay, let's go back. Now, because I will do that in real life. Okay, I can't find something. Go back to where you were. You don't think that God steps in and just, you know, I've heard of people saying, well, I, I died on the operating table. I didn't realize I was dying, but I went to or through a tunnel or I didn't go through a tunnel. I just saw light or whatever it was. I mean. Spirits, yeah. on the other hand, are people who have crossed over right. and usually have messages coming back. You know, especially oh if you've God. been terribly just... ill and you've been laying in a hospital bed and all of a sudden you're in this most glorious place. Everything's beautiful. People are beautiful. People you haven't seen for a long time. You kind of want to go, hey, guys, I'll be at the party in just a second. I want to let them know I'm okay. 
Okay, but why wouldn't God intervene and say, oh, wait, they, I mean, because I have a feeling that people can be ghosts for centuries because there's no time. Well, there is time for them, I'm sure, because they're actually on this plane. But why wouldn't God intervene? Is it something where it's, it's free will and they decide, well, I'm happy here. I'm not having any problems here. I, you know, it's kind of like the others where the real people are haunting the ghosts. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, also, it depends well, let's go back a step in the fact that, remember, we talked about University Earth. Right. So therefore, you kind of have to have a lesson plan before you get here. Right, I agree So with you that. actually sit down and write a contract. And in this lifetime, I'm going to clean up this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And, and my best friend, this time she's going to be my daughter, that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> so you, you kind of sit around and talk about it. Right. You know, so you choose a guide. We all get a spirit guide. We all get an angel. Angels have never been human. I love when people say, you know, my grandma passed away and now she's my guardian angel. Yeah. <laughs> and I will nod that, that humans aren't angels. Right. No, I agree with that. Yeah, they're different entities. So, yes. yeah, they are a different species uh, altogether. So we zoom down here and we're in the middle of doing what we're doing. The two things that are never written in a contract are murder or suicide. Now, that makes sense. they happen. And in my mind, this is my imagination, there's a room full of marvelous older ladies that are going, she did what? Oh, my gosh. Let me grab her. So she's going through her contract. Wait, she killed her? I have all these things happening for her later on. Okay, erase, 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 erase. No, okay. Because <laughs> you can't even imagine how many other contracts you've just messed up. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, all right, yes. So, and sometimes, especially if it's been done in spite, people, we talk about going down the tunnel to the great light. Right. But in fact, I've heard this from more than one person in a near-death suicide, is they almost do a complete U-turn, and are almost, it's almost like first seat available mm. that you get to. All of a sudden, you're back in utero. Oh, really? the benefit of having guidance or having any downtime on the other side. Yeah, it's a quick it's do-over. Fulfill yeah. your contract one way or the other. Oh, that makes sense. Wow. Okay. The yeah, it, it's craziness. And I do agree. I do think we decide who our parents are going to be and, and what kind of life we want to live and what things we want to overcome. I, I completely agree with you. I'm still just so iffy on the whole ghost thing, because if we all can decide we're going to go, you know, I don't know. I just wonder why they stick around, you know? I mean... Well, what's interesting is, well, especially it can be grounded in emotion. There are a couple women, English women, who are psychic rescue mediums, mm -hmm. and they especially work with helping people move to the other side. Okay. And they were telling me they were taken to a house, I believe it was in Canada, okay. and they could feel a very mean male presence, and then they had the impression of a woman rushing, 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 just all through the house. So they dug around, and these mediums were able to contact the spirits. He had had a mental breakdown that developed to Alzheimer's, and this was when the house was built in the mid 1800s. And the only, and it was a farmhouse. And the only thing the wife knew to do was to keep him locked in the basement. Oh gosh. Okay. So Yikes. He so he wouldn't get out and get hurt, right? Because he would get confused, and he'd been missing for a couple of days. Then she developed some sort of illness, and she's rushing around trying to find the door to the basement. She passed before he did. Mm, okay, that makes sense. So All right. They yeah. couldn't see each other. Ooh. So the psychic mediums were able to bring light, and she finally saw him. He was relieved, and both of them stepped over and both went home to heaven. Well, that's lovely. It's almost like a whole notebook thing, but in reverse. <laughs> in, but, and, and in that instance, 
So therefore, it wasn't bad that she felt so guilty about locking him that that was her primary emotional tie. Yeah, you know, fell. Yeah, and he felt neglected. And I don't. I, I think he passed away in the basement. Oh, um, wow. wow. So he was angry about all of it because he was still so confused. So sometimes it just takes love. And if anyone's listening and they think they have some entity or whatever, send them love. Tell them to turn around and look at the light. Everything they want is in the light. Go toward the light. Absolutely. So, yeah, even people that maybe have haunted houses and you just say, hey, you don't belong here. Go to the light. Is that kind of what you're saying, too? Like, if anybody thinks. And, you know, people get really excited. I think I'm in a haunted house. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Do you like sharing your space with somebody? Yeah. Because, and I'm so, I, this is my own personal, and I would go on in a minute if I were asked, but, you know, these paranormal shows where these hunky buff guys stand in the middle of some debris yelling, go ahead and move, stop yelling at people. Yeah, they're provoking. They might be dead, but they can hear you. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think that's, It's a yeah. little exhausting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and they already have a tassel of problems. They need a human yelling at them. Right, right, right. Yeah, because they're still Be in that kinder. space. Yes. Yes, because you're going to get a better outcome anyway, so it's, it's well, just yeah. because people are dead doesn't make them interesting. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on uh, if they've got a good personality or not, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah, well, and people are fascinated with, you know, I think, wow, okay, well, and here, they go, well, I'm more afraid of them. I go, wait, you're the one with the body. Yeah, <laughs> you're higher So you win vision. automatically. That's true, that's true. But, you know, if somebody does have some kind of bad entity or they think they do, you just kill them with kindness maybe, huh? And that does it? Or, or do well, you... Th- also go, you know what? No. My house, my time mm. today is whatever the date is. You are from a different time. And there are tools. Do a little smudging, a little saging. Clean your house. But also clean your attitude. People sometimes are so excited about it. Like, I can't because, you know, we have a demon in the... I think where I was working with them, I'm fairly sure we had a gremlin or a demon in the printer. Oh, uh, what? It only took about three or four days, and it would, it would just chew on itself and spit up all over. And because my boss had bought it, like, under a warranty, I'm not exaggerating. I think we had eight printers. She only paid for one. But whatever, the gremlin just jumped from, I'm going, you know, past two or three, that's probably a manufacturer's default. Now there's something, I think there's something in the printer. Oh, my gosh. Do you think it was like a, a tulpa where at first it was just kind of funny and then all of a sudden you just kind of manifested it because you kept thinking this might be what it is? Agreed on it. So we did a ceremony. We put it on a little rock. We put crystals <laughs> all over it. We saged it. We prayed for it. And then we bought a new printer. And so the problem was solved. That is so great. I love it. <laughs> I had a great question for you, but you made me laugh so hard. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The secret, the secret to living, and this really, you know, I have faced AIDS, alcoholism, and two emergency landings. I've got dying down. Oh, you do, and that's an. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. The Stanley Hotel. Tell me yes. everything about what you learned, and and all the good things and bad things, and everything. Well, it's a beautiful, beautiful hotel. Yes, yes. I love old hotels mm. from a psychic standpoint, but also the grandeur, and it does speak of a time different where I'm holding a phone that has more of a computer in it than the Mercury space capsule. Oh, wow. So, you know, (laughs) so it was a different time. We moved at a different pace. And the Stanley Hotel, once again, built in 1909, 
by the Stanley Brothers, F.O. and F.E. Stanley, and they had made a ton of money by selling the dry plate photographic process to George Eastman of Eastman Kodak. Oh, okay. I wonder how that worked. Okay. Um, That's nice to know. So they also were bright boys, and they invented the Stanley Steamer automobile. Mm, Okay. All right. Makes sense. Okay. F.O. came down with tuberculosis, and he had to move somewhere where his lungs would work much better, and they came to F. Park, Colorado, which is sometimes referred to as the Alps of North America. The it's Alps, such yeah. a beautiful spot in Colorado. Yeah. And they built this resort in a beautiful Edwardian style. The main hotel is built like a big H. You come through the main doors into the lobby, and the lobby stretches in the long bar of the H. To the west or the left-hand side, the McGregor Dining Room with its beautiful bay windows looks down into the city of Estes, and that's Lake Estes, gorgeous. Mm, Right ahead of you as you come through the front doors is a magnificent staircase. Mm. And tucked next to the staircase is the first electric elevator west of the Mississippi. Really? And it's all brass. It's beautiful. To the right is the music room, which has a little alcove that was built with a grand piano that John Phillips Sousa has played. Mm. And behind that is a billiards room. The upper floors have beautiful rooms. And then the top floor, the fourth floor, where was the servants' quarters. They built a smaller miniature right next to it. It's called the Manor House, but it is the same style as the main hotel. Okay. Further down, they built a concert hall, the Disney Concert Hall, which uh, has a beautiful stage and a large, airy audience area. And then further down, they called it the Carriage House. That's where the mountain wagons, the family steamers, would go down to Denver to pick up the guests. And it was only open from Memorial Day to Labor Day because there was no heat in the hotel. So it's not the snow that makes it to where you can't get to it? It's not because it's just, oh. Well, so therefore it was really, and it was really for people who were of means that could travel all the way to Denver and then come all the way up Big Thompson Canyon to sort of Stanley. Right. Uh, Molly Brown spent time in room 217. Anybody who was anybody around the turn of the century, all the way into the 30s before the crash, actually. Right, would maybe right. take the good air of Estes Park because all over Colorado, because of the high mountain air, was very good for people who had lung ailments. Right, uh, yeah. Was this, yeah. Hospital is there for asthma and lung issues. So that's the background of the Stanley. Where my story starts is in 1977, the summer of 77, I got a job as a houseman. I would be working in housekeeping, making up beds and cleaning up rooms from the guests. Right. And there was also a dinner theater. Mm. We were doing The Little Foxes, and I was understudying Leo. So I actually was working almost 12 to 15 hours a day. Oh, wow. A week wow. At the Stanley. And The Shining had just come out. Yes. And it was, it was exciting. Stephen King, I love the way that he writes from one writer to another because he writes from inside the character. Right. And that's, well, that's the whole reason I started writing is because I read his novels voraciously in high school. I'm not kidding. And I loved the paranormal aspect. I don't write any books that don't have paranormal in them. So he is my most favorite author of all time. So I totally get what you mean. Yeah. And, you know, because the hotels now have heat in them, they certainly have year round guests now. But there's a couple times down the housekeeping department then was down in the tunnels underneath the hotel. And there was a couple of times I would be counting out towels. And once again, you have that eerie feeling that not only not alone, someone is standing very close to you. Really? Oh. And I'm like, no, thanks. (laughs) Oh, no. Not, no. Especially if there's so much going on. You know, people go, well, how do you ascertain that? Well, if you understand everything is vibration, 
if you're looking at an electric fan and it's switched off, you can see the individual blades. Right. But if I turn it on, especially on high, those blades spin so fast you can see through them. Right, yeah, they disappear. And yeah. that's what, yeah, that's what vibration is, basically that. That's a good way to so put it, yeah. I generally, if, especially if I'm not feeling like it because I have bad days too, I go, absolutely not. <laughs> you and everybody else with you right on out the door. <laughs> it's like, that's why I love Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost and right. won that well-deserved Academy Award when she's like, just no. Because people go, aren't you excited about it? I'm sort of a baby medium. I'm beginning to work with that tool. Now, all mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. Right. The one place that I talk about it might be a gift right. because I know a lot of psychics who are not mediums. And psychics are more predicting type situations. They're not, well, right? They, they certainly are working on their sixth sense all the time. They will usually use a tool. Sometimes, you know, it's a pendulum. Sometimes it's tarot. Sometimes... They'll right. work through the clairs, clairsentience, clairaudience, clairvoyance. Okay. But I've had a couple of instances mediumistically, and it's it's a difficult energy for me. There are some people who seem to glide with it a little easier, but I had an instance where one of my clients came in, and just as she walked in, it felt like somebody had dropped a wet packing blanket over the right side of my body. I thought I was actually having a stroke. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh. And she's chattering, like, oh, my goodness, it's so good to see you. How have you been? And I'm trying... I wasn't sure if I was having a stroke or I was going to fall asleep. And I heard my voice rather than experienced it saying, he didn't mean it. He did not mean it. He, he wants his mother to know he didn't mean it. And she looked at me, she's saying, what are you saying? And I thought, I don't know what's going on either. And I don't like it. Wow. I felt like I'd literally been pushed to the side in my own body. And I said, all I can tell you is that he didn't mean it. And you have to tell his mother. And she burst into tears. Quick story. It was a cousin of hers. 44 years old. She later on showed me a picture. Handsome guy, big, buff bodybuilder. Because he'd had run-ins, certainly with the law, around drugs and alcohol. I started going to rehab early in high school. Mm -hmm. But he caught dealing, goes to prison. In prison, becomes a big bodybuilder. So where we pick up his story is he's now living in a sober living experience and working construction. And he's very aware that all the guys he's working with are 22 and you know, 20, he's literally old enough to be their dad. Right. And his back is really bothering him. And he's been using supplements, and he still works out a great deal. And so he had taken a muscle relaxant in order to go to bed. Uh-oh. He was still living. And the next morning, they're at work, and, oh, surprise, it, it's a pee test. And it comes back dirty. They fired him on the spot. They called his sober living and threw him out. Oh, no. And yeah. so with the money that he had, he found some not terribly chic little hotel out on the interstate and thought he would take two more muscle relaxants so he could get some sleep. It interacted with some of the supplements and it stopped his heart. Oh no. Okay. Oops. Yeah. So I had the instance where I felt like my head was hitting the side of the nightstand mm. and, it, and this still makes me emotional. It's an older lady in a, a blue dress that's like has little white polka dots and she's so sweet and she kept saying, no sweetheart, come this way. Come this way. You come with me. You come now. Oh. So she stepped him over. I don't know if it was a babysitter for him or like a preschool teacher. She's just so sweet okay. that he crossed over. But because it happened by his own hand, it was filed as suicide. Oh, but you know, that, that brings up a point though, Paul, because he didn't know what happened. But because he didn't know what happened, somebody did come forward to take him. So that does happen sometimes. Sometimes it, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's why he was 
they're shameless on the other side. It's like running along a picket fence. If there's a knot hole that's been kicked out, they'll yell through it. Mm. And I happen to be in the perfect position to talk to somebody from his family. Right. Oh, wow. See, that's that and came full circle. Was, he didn't mean to do it. Tell him his mother. And she was in tears. I was in tears. I was nauseous for a full day going, that was not a pleasant experience. So I, I made a deal sort of with the other side of, okay, if that's where we're going, I will be a reluctant traveler, but please don't scare me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please don't make me, because sometimes in order to get the message through, they will use your body for a second. Because I remember my head hitting the nightstand. And so she came back to me a month later. She goes, I went to his memorial service and I told my aunt, his mother, everything he said. And I was like, oh, wow. She said, but I lied. And she did. She said, I told him it was a dream. Oh. And she said, and my aunt burst into tears and kept hugging me, going, I know he didn't mean to do it. I know he wouldn't have done that to me. I know. And he didn't mean, it was not premeditated. It was a surprise. Right, right. Yeah, when it's premeditated, that's when you screw up all the, the other yeah, contracts. So yeah. you, you kind of put things in, in motion right. that you're just being a jerk, you know. <laughs> Like the guy that laid down, he and his wife were having a lot of marital problems and he didn't like his stepdaughter and the mom and daughter were shopping and he laid down on his wife's side of the bed and put a double shotgun under his chin and blew his brains out. Mm, that's yeah. so just... he hung around that house for a long time just to be a jerk. Wow. And you just, you wonder, you know, it's just people come on, you know, and you're right. There's still jerks in the afterlife as well. And they're oh, stuck yeah, there. Your dad doesn't make you interesting. <laughs> I know. It's just, but it's craziness, you know, so aliens and that kind of thing. I mean, I think that we all, like you said, we're not all from here, from what I understand. Is that kind of the thing? I mean, we may all be the same soul age, but we're not always all here. We don't always come to earth. We go to different places. Is that right? That's the way that I understand it. And I'm first to say, I don't know that I understand everything. Oh, right, right, right. But it's interesting. I grew up at a time in Colorado when cattle mutilation were starting to happen. Oh, right, right. And it, it was bugging these guys because this, you know, I did not have one, but my best friend Vicky had a 4-H cow. And that, you know, you batten them up and you do what you can and you take it to the Boulder County Fair. Right, and right. And can help pay for college. Right, no, it can't. Well, you no. go out to check the cattle and one has ticked over on its side and is missing all of its sexual organs in one side of its head. Mm. And yet there's no blood. Yeah, that's craziness. You wonder if they did yeah. some experiments on them, right? Well, and it's usually, certainly the sexual organs, and then usually the eye or the jaw or the ear, they're studying it. Mm, right. And it seems a little rude. Um, <laughs> it does seem a little rude. what we've done to chimpanzees. Oh, I know. Dogs, mice, all of that. Yeah. So, although I think the grays, I think all of that, and I think we're coming very, very, very close to full disclosure. Really? Yeah. Um well, didn't the government yeah. just, they did acknowledge a UFO, isn't that, recently? Well, it depends on, you know, it depends on who said it and when and, right. you know, the whole Roswell incident. They backpedaled on that. You know, there was a huge fight over Los Angeles just at the beginning of World War II. It was called the Battle for Los Angeles, where a flying object was held, and they were shooting it down with anti-aircraft. And there's, you can still, over Santa Monica, find, you know, bits and pieces of shells. I can't remember how many... And I believe it was in the tons of ammunition were shot at this thing coming over Los Angeles out over Santa Monica. Oh, wow. Because it was the beginning of World War II, and they were terrified that it was the enemy. And they knew that they were hitting it, but nothing, it didn't bring it down. Mm. 
Yeah, look, there's a little homework for you. Look up yeah. that one. <laughs> look at that, yeah. Well, let me ask you something else. So when you do your tarot readings, because you've been doing this for like over 30 years, somebody wanted to call you and talk to you and say, hey, Paul, I want a tarot reading. What would that look like for a customer? What would you do? How would you go about doing it? What's the whole process? Well, what I love about tarot is it's sort of, I call it the primitive GPS. It is 78 cards. 22 of them are what we call the major arcana, and the other are four suits. Okay. The cups, the pentacles, the wands, and so forth. And so uh, if you were sitting with me, I would have you shuffle them up and break it into three piles. Then I would ask you to choose one pile and put your hand on it. Okay. That's also transferring your energy into it. Now, in COVID days, I'm having to rely on my own intuition and, you know, the faith. And I will pick the cards. I will pick 10 cards out of this shuffled deck. Right. So I use something called the Celtic Cross, which those 10 cards, then the first one is what we call the significator. It's you. Then there's what's covering the situation. There's what's above or crowns the situation. There's what's below or the root. There's the recent past, what's right ahead of you. And then the four that run up the side are the different aspects that are, are coming to Okay. So it's as if, and I will say to people, this is as if we're walking up the stepladder and looking down on this moment and today. Because I've had people say things like, are you, are you a devil worshiper? Oh, Lord. I'm, like, I'm not in politics. <laughs> so right? I think we're safe. We're safe, yeah. Yeah. I think I we're safe. And much again, this is, I mean, would you take your GPS and put it on the wall and worship it? No. <laughs> but what I find fascinating, and I'm endlessly fascinated, and I'm so blessed about all the clients that I've had is especially some of my frequent clients. I have people from the entertainment industry, but I also have people who are stockbrokers and so forth that will talk to me twice a month, and they do a check-in. Now, remember, we shuffle these cards. I've watched a card move its way through the spread and then out of the deck. Like if they fall or something, that's the one, right? Well, and so you're like, so who does that? You know, I had a moment where, gosh, this is just before Christmas, this nice man, uh, his wife bought him a reading, and... He's the rocket scientist. I mean, really, he works at JPL. Oh, wow. And uh, and we talked a little bit. He worked on the Mars rover. And he was, I could tell he was a little skeptical, but he was also being very sweet about, yes, well, uh-huh. <laughs> and so I used two decks, and then I also now write on a pad as information comes to me. So I shuffled the deck, and we're passing pleasantries, and I dealt three cards. And I went, no, I think one of the other decks. So I shuffled the deck and dealt three cards. And they were the same three cards. Really? And I went, well, that's weird. So I say to this guy, that's so weird. I just think, wait a second. How many cards in a deck? I said, 78. I thought I'd done something wrong. He goes, hold on. And he does some sort of calculation. And he goes, it would be, I can't remember the number, and I wish I kept something trillion, trillion chances that those three would come up. You have really? Please go slowly. Are you serious? So he wanted to know, and I, the deck that I use is the mythic tarot. It goes along with Greek mythology mm. because I love the idea of archetypes. And so he wanted to know the position, the number of the position, the number of the card, and he took copious notes. He said, this is amazing. Thank you so much. He wow. Said, be in touch. I would like to talk to you more about tarot. So afterwards, I was sitting and I asked my guides or God, I'm like, so Wow. <laughs> And they were very sweet. They said, we'd like to thank you for letting us with the information. We spoke to him in a language he could understand. That's exactly what I was going to say. Good for you. And, you know, the fact that you didn't prejudge him. You didn't, you know, you just let him be his skeptical self. To me, they're the best kind of clients, to be honest with you. Well, they just want to know. 
Yeah. And who doesn't? Right. I like a good, healthy skeptic. Yeah, well, you should talk to my husband because he's, he rolls his eyes at all of this. He's just like, whatever. You know. I had a woman come in, lovely. Uh, she sat down. This is when we were doing face-to-face. We had a lovely half hour together. And she said, this is amazing. She said, I sort of did this on a lark because this is really practical. There's a lot of stuff I could really dust up here. And I'm like, well, I'm glad that happened. A couple <laughs> hours later, it's her sister from Florida yeah. calling. She goes, my sister thinks you're amazing. <laughs> so, and she, the sister in Florida is pregnant. And uh, their mother is building a house because she's going to be a hands-on grandma. Um, and both these ladies have a PhD. Both of them were writing books. The lady here in Los Angeles was writing a historical novel. The lady in Florida was writing a textbook. Wow. And I even said, you know, kudos to your mother. She's raised some amazing women here. Got to tell you. Yeah. So a day later, the front desk came to me and said, we have a lady that demands a reading with you. I said, I beg your pardon. <laughs> And they go, she's not very nice. So I get on the phone, it's the mother. Oh, no. And she says, um, my daughters won't even speak to me till I talk to you, so let's get this over with. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what a nice place to start. <laughs> so then as I, talk, I said, wait a second, do we know each other? She said, oh, hardly. I don't think so. I'm like, wow. But I couldn't shake it. We do the reading, and she was nice. She said, well, you know, that, that's kind of stuff you wouldn't know. Right. Um, she said, I really had a pleasant time. Thank you so much. And then I went, oh. I said, Janet, we do know each other. What? I beg your pardon. I said, about 10 years ago, you and I were at the same breakfast meeting in Malibu. You were wearing a green turtleneck and pearls that you've gotten for your graduation. How did you remember that? I don't. And she goes, wait a second. You're that funny guy with the red hair? I said, well, it's white now. <laughs> So I don't know about you, how big a hand has to move all of these people around so you and I can have this conversation. Wow. Well, there's a reason you remembered it because you it, it came full circle again. That is hilarious, but so fascinating. Isn't that funny? I Wow. But isn't it reassuring? Yes. Yes. Tell me about your life experiences. How have they affected the choices you've made in your life now and the messages that you give others? How has that affected you? Well, you know, I figure since all of us are in this together, really, that there are no accidents. Mm. You know, whatever this energy is, it's endlessly fascinating to me. I'm fascinated about why some people heal and some people don't. Right. No, I know. So why is it that I'm standing in the plaza in Barcelona and somebody goes, Paul Jacek? This happens to me more than you know. And I turn around, and it was somebody I was a Queen Mary tour guide with 15 years before. I'm like, what are you doing here? She goes, I could ask you the same question. Yes, I said, <laughs> Couldn't we just meet in Long Beach? <laughs> right? You know? Strange. Yeah. No, it and is. All of these stories that we somehow move through, I do find it a miraculous adventure. It really is. It really is. Now, before we go, and I'm going to have you tell everybody where, how they can find you and all that, but what advice would you give anyone unsure or scared about the world or anything else? Just what advice would you give any of my listeners? Well, the thing about fear is it appears real. Future expectations appearing real is what fear is. Right. My spiritual teacher used to say to me, if you're in emotional pain you're in your past, prove me wrong. The two places the human spirit cannot recognize is the past or the future. It's only this moment, and life is breath to breath. So if, in fact, you're dealing with some fear, my teacher would say to me, look down where your feet, that's where you are. If you're time tripping, the hands around your throat are your own, put your hands down, you're hurting yourself. 
Oh, that's powerful. No, that's that's good. And so within that, the universe will respond to how you feel, not what you think. If you're feeling crappy, my teacher would say to me, how are you feeling? I go, I'm okay. She said, that's not an answer. <laughs> I am asking you, how are you feeling? And I would pause, and she goes, I'll help. Are you cold? Are you hungry? Are you tired? These are feelings. Right. The mind chatter between your ears, which I occasionally call the carnival of death, mm. always ends up with you in a bad place. Uh, it's like a drunken monkey. It'll run everywhere. No, but it's true. But if you find out how you feel, then check into how you think. No, it's very true. And, you know, especially with people that might be more empathetic or empaths uh, with the world or with people's um, feelings or whatever, that's never fun either. But it's almost like just ground yourself. Think about your own feelings. Don't worry about everybody else. Try to slough that off. Take a deep breath. Look down at your feet. I love that idea. Where are you now? What are you doing now? You're amazing. You are. Tell everyone how they can reach you, because I'm going to put it all in my show notes as well, but tell everyone how they can reach you for a reading or everything. Find me at pauljacek.com, all one word, P-A-U-L-J-A-C-E-K.com, and you can book right there. I love to chat with folks um, as we put it out there. And actually, the best is yet to come. Your happily ever after can start right now. Oh, I love that. See, this is why we were put together. I'm telling you. I may even have you back on. You're amazing. And like I said, we're probably new best friends. So, And I have your phone number. So there you go. Yes, you do. Well, you're the, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Because here's what I find. Isn't it interesting? I just, uh, a dear friend of mine, he passed yesterday afternoon. And oh, I'm sorry. 40 years, and he was very uncomfortable in the final month. Oh. And I am sad for me. I'm sad. Right. I'm so happy for him. Totally get that. Totally oh get that. I know he ran down that tunnel and got to see his son, his parents, his sister, and he will be, as he was in life, invaluable support to me. Much like he lives in Los Angeles, I'm now in Long Beach. Right now, you and I have never met in the 3D world. No, we haven't. But you're convinced that I exist. Same thing in the world. You're exactly right. That's a great way to end this because that's exactly right. And if you just believe in the world yourself, take control, stop being so afraid. I even have to tell myself that, you know, I, like I said, I've got kids that run around and go places and do things and sometimes don't wear masks and it kind of scares me. But then I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Use your head too and take a deep breath. And uh, Paul Jasek, you are fantastic. And anybody who wants a tarot card to read from Paul, give him a call. Tell us your website again. PaulJasek.com. All one word. Okay, one word. I'm all over Facebook. I have a Facebook Paul Jacek Tarot Reader page there, too, that I post. And on Tuesdays, rule of thumb, I usually have Tarot Tuesday. I will pull a card for a few people. It's at 11 o'clock here Pacific Standard Time. Nice. uh, And all over the world. I have folks from Dublin that get up in the middle of the night to ask a question. I'm going to be on it next time. I'm telling you. You're going to see my little face, and you're going to be going, there's Uh, Leslie. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, honey. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on Amazon.com, so check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.